This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Now You're Talking with me, Marshall Ramsey. This is a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, the holidays are upon us. Can you believe it? And nothing says Christmas quite like a Christmas carol. Hey, today we have the pleasure of sitting down with the director, artistic director, and lead in New Stages Theater's production of Christmas Carol. It's a ghost story for Christmas. Peppy Biddy, Francis Thomas Reynolds, and Turner Crumbly will be joining us. Of course, Turner's Ebenezer Scrooge. We're going to have Ebenezer Scrooge in the house, and they're going to be giving us a behind-the-scenes look at this time classic tale. Plus, Michelle and I will be chatting about the latest headlines in the weekly roundup. And if you'd like to be part of the conversation, well, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can drop me an email at marshall at mpbonline.org. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Morning. This is now you're talking here on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi today. <sighs> all right, we got past Thanksgiving. We're past the trick to van poisoning. We've woken up from our nap. We've all gained way too much weight. Now, guess what? The holidays are upon us, and nothing says Christmas quite like a Christmas Carol. It's one of my favorites. Today, we're going to have the pleasure of sitting down with director, artistic director, and lead of the New Stage Theater's production of A Christmas Carol, A Ghost Story for Christmas. Peppy Biddy's in the house, and so is Francis Thomas Reynolds and Turner Crumbly, who is Ebenezer Scrooge. I tell you what, this is going to be a great show. They're going to give us a little bit of behind-the-scenes look at this timeless classic tale. Of course, if you want to be part of the conversation, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can drop me an email at marshall at mpbonline.org. I tell you what, we're going to welcome our guests in just a minute. Uh, tell you what, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I know the Ramsey family did, did a little bit of traveling, went to Atlanta, then to Callaway Gardens to enjoy the light show, and the family all got along, which is a minor miracle. Uh, talk about a Christmas miracle about a month early. We had a great time. And next week, I will be flying down to College Station, Texas, where the George H.W. Bush Library is, and I will be speaking at it. So it's really going to be a lot of fun that I get to go speak and talk a little bit about cartooning, which is something that I've done for a long time. And I'm going to show about 20 years worth of cartoons and uh, talk a little bit, of course, about the Bush cartoons, which made such a huge impact last year. And one of the sponsors of the show is, of course, the library, but another sponsor is the Laura and George Bush Foundation. So I'm kind of curious if maybe they might pop in, too. But it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know my sisters are going to fly down because I think they're still amazed that their little brother is um, anything but, well, still not a janitor because that's what I was for a long time. So they're going to be I think they're still amazed that this sort of stuff still happens. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be doing that. And, of course, uh, we've already got the Christmas decorations up. I know, Michelle, you probably spent the whole weekend putting up Christmas decorations. <laughs> you know, I actually did not do it uh, Thanksgiving night. I did it on Friday. So that was something. Yeah, we did it Saturday. It was like, oh, we're back from, we're back. Oh, n- number one, my trees all decided to dump their leaves all in one day. It was just like, <laughs> boom, you could hear it. In fact, I think it even picked up on um, a seismograph. It was just, it hit that hard. So I got to spend most of Saturday raking. And so Amy came out and said, hey, while you're taking Working, a break, exactly. yeah, let's get stuff out of the <laughs> attic. So uh, I did not fall down the stairs, and luckily, but we got everything up. looks pretty, and I know your place probably looks you pretty sharp, what, too. You know what I like to do, my favorite thing, is when I'm done, because it does, it's a, it's a, 
a labor of love. It takes a lot of time, especially me. I like the tree to be perfect. I don't know if that ever exists, but I like my tool. I like everything to be perfect. So it takes me a little, yes. Yeah, I'm impressed. It takes me a a little time. So once I'm finished, I sit and I look. I turn off all the lights and I just look. And I have my lighted, uh, my lit uh, garland over my mantle, and it's so pretty. I did, you and know, I I've done that just... since I was a kid. I used to love as a kid to mm-hmm. go in there and just stare at the Christmas mm-hmm. tree. Now, when I was a kid, my dad would buy like old Christmas trees that were already dry, mm-hmm. and they were Scotch pines where the needles were actual needles. Like they, you know, <laughs> if you'd have walked over them barefooted, they would have impaled yes. your feet. And then we had these big red bulbs on them that got to about the, the heat of the sun. And they had metal reflectors just to make sure that they got even hotter. How our house didn't burn down, I don't know. I know. You know, the poor cat would come in and look like a porcupine where it rub <laughs> up under the tree and have all these needles sticking in it. But I used to sit there for hours and dream of Christmas. And I've really struggled with Christmas the last few years because, you know, when you get old, it's like suddenly it's like, oh, I got to go shopping. I got to do cards. I got to go buy gifts. I got to do it. You know, so basically I could play Scrooge. And so that's why this show today is so good, because I need the three ghosts to come and smack me upside the head. Actually, tomorrow on uh, Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Butchers, we're going to yeah. uh, discuss how not to overindulge for Christmas um, as a parent of a 16-year-old. As in food or alcohol? Okay. <laughs> as gift-giving. Oh, and, okay. And how do you do that with the uh, economy and the commercials? I mean, they start, like we talked about earlier with the cast, they start about October with the Christmas uh, commercials. So how do you not indulge when your child, especially your 16-year-old, wants everything electronic or upgraded everything. You this know? is a really cool word called no. Uh, See, that's where I can do the Grinch thing really I well. To, that, I have to practice that word in I the mirror. I even have a dog that looks like Max. So <laughs> you know, I, I can do my My heart is definitely three sizes too Speaking small. Speaking of the weekend, my daughter went to the Egg Bowl for the first time this year. I heard she's going to be the new coach uh, at Ole Miss. <laughs> That's funny. I know. And uh, too soon. I'm if, sorry. If, it's no, soon. it's not. Gotta... That's not really too soon because we, we, our mouths were hanging open. Everybody, I was for MSU. I'm sorry. So I wasn't mad, but I was shocked at the audacity of this particular number eight, uh, who did what he did. If you saw the game, everybody saw that. And my whole thing was, did he just lose the game for Ole Miss? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he froze the kicker. Now <laughs> my sure. best friend and her husband are football parents, so they they kind of schooled me. They were telling me. Did you see how MSU's defense was would not let Ole Miss over that uh, line? You saw that, right? They kept pushing them back. They were not going to get that um, touchdown, right? So when they finally got it, okay, lo and behold, they got it. But would they have tied? Would they have won? There was a lot of what ifs there. Well, here's the thing. I mean, number one, I mean, as somebody who played football for many, many years and as somebody who has been caught up in the heat of the moment, um, I do know that if I had done something like that, my coach would have probably run me into the dirt Seriously? until my lungs fell out of my mouth. But that said, you see a lot of things. I mean, there's just a lot of emotion that is a rivalry game. I'd, I'm not quite to the point as a lot of people on the Facebook were that were basically wanted to ban him to a small right. island. Right, he might Napoleon not graduate. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, come on, folks. You know, it's, the death penalty is not necessary in this case. But, but my point but was, said, he wasn't did, thinking. It, it, he he wasn't, wasn't thinking. No, he was just caught up in the moment. I'm not making an excuse for it because, like I said, if I had done that, my coach would have killed me. Um, but it cost them the game. And, 15 yards yeah. back. Yeah. And then they were saying that. I mean, I mean, not to the say he was the kick, right. yes, but and that's a hard kick, you know. That's a very hard kick. That's a lot of pressure. Yes, and, it is. I mean, uh, mm, I, yeah, believe unfortunate me. for them. Um, I did but, say I got a good cartoon out of it, so I was happy about that. <laughs> but I had, luckily, yeah. my daughter was on the MSU side, so we were like, wow. Well, I thought the whole thing them. was pretty much MSU, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really? it was at their stadium, so <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, it's a, that rivalry, and of course, I kind of feel like Switzerland on that because <laughs> I went to another school, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I always generally, my rule is, is I want every team in Mississippi to win. Right. And at the Egg Bowl, I always pull for the underdog. That's how I just kind of keep it my, myself sane on that. But that that rivalry of all the rivalries that you watch. Now, Alabama-Auburn was an incredible game, too. I, I got to admit, that turned out, to, I don't know if you watched that one, came down to uh, a missed it. field goal. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, but you know what? That was a good game. Um, it was like a basketball game. It really was a was... good game. And, and like you said, if you want to look at good football, it wasn't a blowout. That was a very entertaining game. Oh, yeah, you, there was no were, defense right. whatsoever. I mean, it was like 40, you know, it was like 90 to 90 or something like that. It was just a zillion. But, yeah, it's um, 
well, you know, I mean, Matt Luke lost his job. And, and, and it's, you know, the thing is, and the thing about Matt is Matt has done a lot for Ole Miss. He played for him. He coached him. He, when Hugh Freeze got run, I mean, he helped keep everything together. I mean, so it's that was not an easy decision. And, of course, obviously, when you see empty spots in a stadium, then it becomes a business decision. But, yeah. I mean, I wish Matt well. I really do. I mean, I, I hate to actually sound like I have a soul because that totally throws people off when I start talking like oh that. God. But, <laughs> no, I hope I wish him well. He's a good guy, and, and he's been a good ambassador for Ole Miss. And um, a lot of the players were upset, as they usually are, when that sort of situation mm-hmm. happened. So uh, it was tough over the weekend, especially over Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, um, I'm excited about Christmas. Uh, you I know, am. I'm too. trying not to be Scrooge. I, I really am not because we already have one in the room, and he's much better at it than I'll ever be. So uh, we'll, we'll get to talking to them in just a second. And I'm, I'm glad she survived the cold. You you, you said that she was, yes, was not dressed my daughter, She Well, she was. She had a nice blue jean thick jacket on with the fur, you know, the sheep fur at the top. Wow. Looked nice, really classy. I, yeah. But her ankles were out. You know, the kids wear those skinny jeans things right. Yeah. So we weren't p- prepared for her to go to the game. You know what, though? She's going to be prepared next year. <laughs> well, her godbrothers were going. I'm like, how much is the ticket? They were like, oh, you don't want to know. So I gave her a bill. Have fun. We'll see you tomorrow. And I called her, and I'm like, are you having fun? She's like, I'm freezing. And as a mom, I can't do anything. You know, I'm in Madison, and I'm like, oh, my God. Well, I one felt or two bad. Th- well, number one, one or two things. She's going to be dressed appropriately next, next year, year, or it'll be 90 degrees because, you know, it's Mississippi, <laughs> so you never know what you're going to get. Well, you know what's funny? You talk about my graduation every Monday. And well, I do, funny. because it's, it's like, I can't believe it's happening. Well, I'm let's so happy talk for about you. it today because it's Friday. <laughs> I graduate this Friday. I am so happy. And I want to say publicly, thank you. Jason just poked his head in. But my director here, everyone here, um, and my family, my mom and dad, my daughter, I want to say thanks. Now, how many years again did you work on it? Because I think people need to know this. I started in 2015, clinical mental health counseling. Oh, my God. I was still in high school in (laughs) 2015. (laughs) That was a long time ago. And uh, the reason why this program took so long, you have to get 700 intern hours. 700. So that's a (laughs) See, I can't count. She looked up like, that's a lot of hours. I can't do more than 350. With a full-time job and that, that's almost impossible. But we made it happen, and uh, it's 11 of us graduating Friday. Um, The winter graduation at Jackson State is this Friday at 10 a.m., and I am happy that I said I, I set a goal. And I did it. And this I'm over the moon for you. Bigger than yeah. it's not about the degree per se. I just looked at my daughter and say, when you say you want to do something, you set your mind to it, you do it. Well, guess what? You were a role model for it too. That's yeah. important because yeah. you know what? Kids don't listen to you. <laughs> they, I, I, they look they, at what they you do. They, they watch what you do. Right. And I signed up for another class this spring, so oh, my good. master's continues. And um, my good friend Andrea Self, who's up at WCBI up in Columbus mm-hmm. in the Starkville area, she is and I are in the same class. I'm excited about that. So, but she graduates in May, and she's kind of the one who encouraged me to go back for my master's. So oh, I'm just tickled to death. Number good. one, that we're going to be on the discussion board chatting at each other, yeah. but also too. So. When you graduate this Friday, I will be with you in spirit because I cannot see me ever graduating. It's, I'm going to be 90, oh, be I'm gonna be 90 before <laughs> the rate I'm taking classes. I felt like I was going to be 90, but guess what? My birthday's this month, too. So. Yeah, and you're 89, so congratulations. <laughs> I am happy. This month, I just love Christmas, so I'm happy that we have our guest here to start kick off our Christmas uh, month. And I, I love me so some glad. Christmas Carol, too. Yes, so this, yes. and a new stage does a great job yes, with it. And we're going to find out a little bit more about that. But let's take a break. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. For that drive you've got coming up for the holidays... Listen to MPB all around the state of Mississippi. Going out of state? The MPB Public Media app will keep you connected to home. For that flight in your future, download podcasts of MPB local shows and listen anytime, anywhere. MPB Think Radio. 
Spend the holidays with us. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email marshall at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Our guests today are both part of New Stages Theater's production of Mississippi, uh, A Christmas Carol, A Ghost Story for Christmas. So let's go ahead and welcome to the show director, Peppy Biddy's in the house, artistic director, Francis Thomas Reynolds, and playing Ebenezer Scrooge himself, Turner Crumbly. <sighs> the moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Man, so are y'all pumped about this? Because you've been working hard getting ready for this. We yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, number one, I mean, I got to admit, we were just talking about that, about who our favorite Scrooge was and everything. And we'll get, we'll get into that discussion in a half second because I want y'all to tell a little bit about yourselves first. But I, number one, new stage, you know, whether it's Christmas Carol or, or Christmas Story or whatever. I mean, it's just it's, it ain't Christmas without new stage. So I appreciate y'all taking the time to come in and putting all the hard work into this production because... Um, Christmas Story and It's a Wonderful Life are the two I have to do every year just to remind myself that I'm, I am still human. <laughs> and so it's kind of my therapy every year. And so I'm really excited about the production. I guess, Peppy, you'd be a good person to start with. Number one, where did the name Peppy come from? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a, I think, a pretty logical first question. Fair. It's pretty cool. I have two older sisters. Bless you. I do, too. Yeah. Did you ever wake up with one eyebrow? Because mine would, like, near mine off. Mm-hmm. They were mean. There were other things yeah, but yeah, um, they're cruel claw prints i think yes <laughs> um it's mental torture but my real name is william okay and um I've, i didn't i grew up for a long time not knowing that was my first name oh really because that's what they called you for until i can as far back as i can remember and i went through a time when i was going to drop that and yeah. be will and it didn't catch on never too many people yeah. knew it. <laughs> and so finally i just embraced it and when we when you go Actors' equity, you have to have a name that no one else had. Yeah. And so I decided there wouldn't be anybody else by that name. So I, that's my official professional name. I mean, I think, A, it's an incredibly cool professional name yeah. because it's like suddenly your people are like interested in asking questions. And number two, knowing about older sisters, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could have had a name that you could have never, ever said in public. So that worked out pretty well. You're originally from Columbus? Columbus, yeah. yes. So, very cool. And uh, you were, oh, gosh, you went to Ole Miss, I think. I and, did. Yeah. And, yeah. But you got your, you did. So, you, you're the next coach. Yeah. Bring it on. Okay. I think you'd be I'll a great coach. i take co- that salary. I, I wouldn't mind the buyout, right. personally. Exactly. I mean, I've been fired before, and I didn't get a cool buyout, so that would be really great. Um, but you got your master's. You, you went out to Texas, didn't you? I did. Um, after Ole Miss, I went to Trinity University, which is actually in, located in San Antonio, Texas. That's right. But our program was through the Dallas Theater Center in okay. Dallas, so it was one of those one of the first programs where the sat it was a satellite of the university. So you knew I thirty five quite well. That and we when you're working in Dallas, you go to work sometimes in the morning in Fort Worth, and then in the evening in Garland. Oh wow! And then go back home to Dallas in the evening. So you get a lot of miles. Very cool. And then of course. You uh, you were at the W for a long time, weren't you? Twenty five plus. Wow! Congratulations. And I retired last year, so this is. So you the, have all this time on your hands. All this and, time. So this is the beginning of my freelance career. Huh. I'm available. Okay. So everybody, right now, Peppy Biddy, remember that, and we're going to throw out his phone number in just a second, just because. On that, tell about directing. How'd you get into it? Well, <clears throat> it's something I was always interested in, and when I talk to my directing classes, I tell them that the first memory of directing was I got one of those little cameras at mm-hmm. the drugstore for about 50 cents, uh-huh. and the film cost more than the camera. The film was 65 cents, and I have a lot of pictures <laughs> of just, I was storytelling with the camera, and then I got my movie camera, started making Super a little eight. film, Super 8, yes. and the editor, <laughs> you know, you yeah. have the two reels. And so I was making films in high school, 
And then when I went to Ole Miss, uh, when I looked into what I could do with that, the new program at that time was the BFA. It was the first year. Yeah. And it was the theater program plus a minor in film and television. So that's where I started and haven't looked back. That is incredibly cool. Just think what you could have do today with a phone. I know. I know. Isn't it's crazy. I know, because, I mean, I've got a 17-year-old that just is so creative and does stuff all the time. Yeah, and he's they like, can make films tonight. Yeah, I know. Put <laughs> yeah. it out there a little bit. You've uh, directed over 75 productions now. Have I? Yeah. yeah. I know. Wow. I, that's what it said on the Internet, <laughs> and the Internet it. never lies. No. So, that's but, about right. But you've done a lot of musicals, too. I have. About equal amount of musicals and then straight plays. Yeah. Um, talk about directing a little bit, because I know what a director does, generally. Um what, but a lot of people may not understand how important a director is to kind of keep everybody from flying off into space. Yeah, I actually had a friend of mine come see a show, and it was a big one, one of the big musicals. Yeah. And she said, that was great. Now, what did you have to do with this? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I realized that people didn't know what it is. But it, it's, I would, it's everything. Yeah. So you can take all the blame or all the credit. <laughs> And, of course, because this particular performance of A Christmas Carol is going to be such a huge success, you're just sitting here confident, just like going, it's good. Oh, I got nothing to worry about. You never worry about anything, do you? <laughs> do you sleep during the run? That's the question. Mm. I don't think I would be able to. It, there are moments when you don't. Yeah. It's not during the run. It's during now. Right, right. Before we open. But you have an incredible cast. I do. Yeah, I have a great. And you're cast. not just saying that because one of them sitting right no, here. No, no, I would say that anytime. So let's see where shall we go next? Um, you, you won a bunch of awards and honors and so forth. Is there anything that particularly jumped out at you that you're kind of proud of? Oh gosh, um, I wasn't expecting to have to pick one. It's kind of like you're picking your favorite child. I mean, what? I know. You know, what do you pick out? But um, I can say that teaching for 25 years and when you get ready to leave you kind of look back at what all, all the people that you've had and so i'd had an opportunity to invite a lot of the alumni back nice and create a performance uh to showcase the talent that had been through the department in the last 25 years and that was a really incredible event so while it wasn't an award that somebody gave me i would think that that was uh, a perfect moment to just see those faces again and for all of them to see each other. Yeah. So I'll say, I'll pick that if I have to pick one. I've been, I've been teaching a class this semester up at Ole Miss and I've got students that are learning how to become editorial cartoonists, which there's 11 left in the country. Why not teach yeah. a new generation how to do it? And I, one of them got hired by the, the student newspaper and I was just so proud of that. And you must have felt like that just every single year when you would watch your, your students go on and become successful. Yeah. And they're, I see them now on Facebook, what they're doing. Yeah. And, yeah, they're they're doing well. Okay. A lot of folks are doing Number well. Number one, everything on Facebook is not true now. Remember no, but that. I, I know that. <laughs> but I, do, I, I know what they're doing. I know. So. I put all, only the best stuff about me. You know, I, I completely didn't put the part about, you know, seven years in prison that I did last year and stuff like that. <laughs> completely not on Facebook. You did return back to New Stage Theater after you directed. You did Murder on the Orient Express. I did. That's Just, a great story, too. It was. It really is. That's a lot of fun. It was. It, it's an incredible. It's a new play, too. So yeah. It's a new adaptation. And so we're, New Stage was one of the first theaters to put that on. And so that was really special. And then also, I hope you saw it, but there was um, a moving train on stage. Well, what else could you ask for? Not much. No, it wasn't, like a, it wasn't like a little tiny train, though. It was a big moving train. No, it train. was the train. Uh, the train. The okay. train. Okay. So it was, it was great and it was fun and it was challenging and um, it did very well. Well, before I bring in Francine uh, and about New Stage, because I know what she's going to say, but New Stage, really, we are blessed to have it in the community and to have it in Mississippi because the quality is just... And, and I lived out in San Diego, which they had a great theater and around there. A lot of stuff was there before it went to Broadway. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of got spoiled for good theater. And then I come here and I'm just like going, this is really... There's some really great production here and there's a lot of local about it, too. You're right, and there's a lot of talent in Jackson, and oh, from we're all Jackson. we're all drama queens. I mean, we, we all we 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 know how yeah. to. That's just what we do. It's never a dull moment. Never, and we tell good stories too. Absolutely. Well, definitely. Um, 
thank you for directing this. Like I said, this is one of my favorites. I cannot wait to see it. It's going to oh, be great. a lot I look of fun. forward to hearing from you. Francine, um, Francine Thomas Reynolds is here in the house, originally from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, but you, you really enjoyed, you and Chuck have been here for a while, and of course, I'm very partial to Chuck, mm-hmm. who has been actually band director for my children, so yeah. he's a great Me guy. Me too. Mm-mm. Yeah, well, I'm glad you like him. Cause he's been here forever. I mean, he he's from Yazoo City, so. Yeah, he, he's from around here. Yeah, he's from around here. Yeah, so, um, of course, you don't quite get the snow here. No. <laughs> but it is fun when it does snow. But you've been, I mean, you've been a new stage. I'm trying to do the math in my head since, what, about 2006? I was trying to think, about in, halfway through the... In this position, I, I was yeah. at new stage in the, oh gosh, dates you. I was at new stage in the 90s also as education director. Okay. For a little bit of time. For, for a little bit of time. Years. So yeah. what brought you back? Um, the people at New Stage. I mean, yeah. I was teaching and I had been involved in film and television as a locations casting director and doing a lot of independent work. And then I got a phone call from people at New Stage who needed an interim artistic director to put together a season and to hire some people. And then they hired me as artistic director. Oh, wow. Yeah. You still do some You still do some directing, too, don't you? Yes. I direct um, three shows, three to four, two to three to four shows a season. In your spare time. In my spare time, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. No problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You did... Into the Breaches, Bright Star, Hell and High Water, mm-hmm. Shakespeare in Love. So, yeah, yeah, you, you stay pretty busy on that. Um, what have, You've also do some acting? I have. I haven't lately, but I have okay. acted. <laughs> but it's like riding a bike, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's like riding a bike over a tightrope. Yeah, over a tightrope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with sharks and, underneath it. Well, and, yeah, it, is, it is easier if you're doing it a lot. But you can yeah. I mean, it is It is like hopping back on a bike after, you know, a few pedals. It's a muscle, okay. though. It's, muscle. Yeah. it's a yeah. muscle that needs to be, act, you know, active. Right, Peppy? Mm-hmm. We, we, we need to activate our muscles more. <laughs> I mean, they make me do commercials occasionally, and that usually is the most painful 30 seconds of anyone's life, me having to remember anything and then me having to emote. Well, <laughs> it's the, like, what? The director's job is very difficult, of course, to arrange and put everything together. It's a really yeah. difficult job. But I will say that, the, to me, the heroes of theater are the actors. Yeah. You know, And there's always so many different people who put everything together, but it's the actors who are vulnerable every day on that stage yes. you know we, and twice a day you yeah. sometimes yeah we we are also vulnerable all artists are vulnerable i mean we we hear critiques and things like that but the actors hear the live audience response so all the time but, but, I, but i can tell you this and like i said i'm not an actor but i am a speaker and i get up and talk to you know i'll speak to maybe a thousand people and i just feed off that energy and it's got to right. turn it's got to be that way when you're up there on stage and you can tell that the audience is into your performance. And then also, on the other hand, if an audience is dead for whatever reason, they, they who knows, they may all be sleepy or hungover or whatever. That's sometimes terrifying, isn't it? Do you ever have to tune that out? Uh, sometimes. Okay. But, but never at New Stage because everybody's, everybody's very great ever audience. Never at New Stage. So. No, Matt, it, it's funny. Uh, interestingly, we don't have that problem at New Stage very much because of the, the times in which we are performing. Yeah. But I've definitely worked in other theaters where, say, a Saturday afternoon matinee is a little sleepy. Yeah. And you give them you give them the show that you plan to give them. It's it's exactly. not their, it's not their fault. They're giving you the best that they can give you, and you're going to give them the best you can give them. That's when being being a pro kicks in. I guess. I, I guess. guess. I don't know. Turner Crumbly's uh, the course is going to be Scrooge. You've actually played other roles in the Christmas Carol before. Yes, so indeed. you kind of you start out tiny Tim, and now you're Scrooge. Right. I, it's true. <laughs> I started out as a as a six foot tiny Tim. No, uh, <laughs> with a beard. With a beard. So I, I was I was uh, thankfully I. I I didn't join didn't, didn't join the the acting troupe at large uh, for for productions of a Christmas Carol until I was an adult. So I yeah. got to play the fun roles. When did you start acting? Ooh, when did I start acting? Uh, were, you, were you like a child actor? I was. I, were, no, yeah. I, I wasn't a professional child actor, but but like a like a whole bunch of actors. I'm sure I got involved in community theater and occasionally sort of something that would pay you know a little bit of money i grew up in laurel mississippi just okay. about 100 miles away so uh you know the the uh, my my options were very much the options you would expect uh in a small town but my parents recognized that i was interested in this version of storytelling and and they made sure that we we got culture they made you know took us to see broadway shows and 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 new stage productions so 
when my teen years. So, yeah. It, number one, I think just from my own parents and me trying to be a parent, I think that's probably the number one thing for any child to ever succeed in the arts is to have a parent that just looks at them and goes, yeah, and you're going to be the best one ever. Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, I said, I remember walking up to my dad when I was eight, I want to be an editorial cartoonist, which had to be the weirdest thing a child ever could have told his dad. And dad <laughs> just looked at me and patted me on the head and he said, you're going to be the best one ever. That's Aww, pretty fantastic. Actually. That's and nice. I'm still working at it. But, you know, I mean. <laughs> You know, I mean, that was pretty cool. But like you said, here you were in Laurel, which, by the way, actually does have a pretty good arts community. So, it does, but, yeah, actually. It actually yeah. does. So um, uh, that's good. But i tell you what, when we take a break, we'll come back. Turner will bring, well, we'll talk a little bit more about your role and all the good stuff you're doing with Scrooge because sure. greatest role ever. I'm, I'm envious because um, I've been living Scrooge. I mean, I, I, I do that all the time. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue speaking with our guests, Peppy Biddy, Francis Thomas Reynolds, and Turner Crumbly of the new stage production of A Christmas Carol. Hey, if you have any questions or comments, you can jump in at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone mpb programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org MPB Think Radio podcast. All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. If you're joining us, well, we've been talking with director Peppy Biddy, artistic director Francis Francine Thomas Reynolds. Francine, I'm sorry about that. I cannot read. It's it's Monday and still got tryptophan poisoning from Turkey. And, and Turner Crumble is here. They're the lead of New Stage Theater's production of The Christmas Carol. And, of course, if you are the lead of A Christmas Carol, that means you are Scrooge. So we have Scrooge in the house. And if you have any questions or comment, you want to ask Scrooge why he decided to change at the end on The Third Ghost. If you hadn't figured that out by now, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. <laughs> That's 877-672-7464. Um, we've been talking. It's funny because... Thing about this show is that sometimes when we're off and you're listening to, to the whatever it is you listen to the during the breaks, we're having this great conversation. I think we probably did probably as good a conversation during the break <laughs> as we do will during the show. So, uh, Turner, we were talking to you a little bit about uh, your acting career and about how your parents were supported supportive. And I, I brought a friend of mine's kid is Willis uh, Thickpin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leanne and Calvin Thickpin are here in town, and Willis is just loves acting, and he's really putting... But there's a lot of kids in this production, and, and Francine, that's that's one of the joys of New Stage, is because there is so much learning that's going on uh, with the production. We have such a vibrant, strong education program, and these youth are in our Saturday morning classes. They're in our youth acting troupe on, uh, that meet every Saturday during the school year. They go through our day camp, our six-week day camp program in the summer. And then we also have youth who haven't done any of those things but come and audition. And we watch these children and teenagers as they grow as people and as artists. And some of them make careers in this field, and they're yeah. very successful. <laughs> so it's, it's something to be really proud of. And that's one of the reasons why I like A Christmas Carol so much, and I like programming these Christmas Christmas or holiday shows, whether they're Beauty and the Beast, A Christmas Story, or A Christmas Carol, it's an opportunity to, to bring in youth to be in the shows. Yeah. And it's also an opportunity to bring in a lot of community or actors who live in our community to be in these large cast shows that are expensive, but yes. they're important to do because it gets the whole community involved and gives an opportunity to our wonderful local actors so a uh, definitely ownership. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Pepe, I have, is it fun to, to direct the kids? 
it's a different experience, but yeah. I can say that these students who are the youth in the in the cast are all highly professional. Yeah. And they've mm-hmm. been through this training. And, and they so, get this great energy, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. lots of energy. Yes. And you would, I kind of went in thinking I would need to be the teacher a lot. Yeah. But really, they are there and present just like the adults and sometimes more so. So the biggest fear is, A, a flu epidemic at school, and then B, would be the puberty fairy hitting halfway through the show and Tiny Tim suddenly not being tiny anymore. All of those things except Tiny Tim. He he was being he was able to play it twice in a row. Oh, but cool! We did see some of our students grow from last year to this year. <laughs> yeah. This we did this particular version of Christmas Carol for the first time last year. Yeah. And because we Francine wanted to do it again, we gave those everyone in the cast first rights of refusal. But I needed to see them first to see how much they'd grown. <laughs> so some of the students did were cast in new roles this year because they had grown and yeah. some were able to stay the same. But yeah, it's been a great experience and not to bring up the flu, but there are challenges <laughs> yeah. when you have this many people in the room for three weeks. That's so. definitely a lot of hand sanitizer and Lysol. Yeah. Well, and, yes. and Chloe Vizier has moved from Tiny Tim in different versions of her Christmas. Was it yours? I can't remember. She Turner. was. She oh, was she's Tiny Tim, Tim. Into yeah. Martha Cratchit now. Oh, wow. So they do grow. Yeah, they <laughs> as definitely. people and in the roles. Turner, of course, you grew into Scrooge. Um, <laughs> a little early, ev- right? In every way, <laughs> I've grown into Scrooge. Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit before we get started. Uh, you know, when you're playing the one of the most famous characters on the planet, you know, everybody. I mean, if you haven't seen a Christmas Carol at some point in your life, you've probably lived in a cave. And there's so many just notable versions out there. Number one, who is your favorite Scrooge? I don't know that I have a favorite Scrooge. We we were talking about this earlier. Uh, there are some great actors who've played it, though. Uh, there's a very famous actor from way back in the day named Alistair Sim, who I oh yeah, think he was p- like the one everybody thought was Scrooge for many years for a yeah. good long time, and and he's done it in a few different. He was in an Oscar-winning short film version of it. Uh, he he was in a he's in a very a classic version that you can probably watch for free on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, I, I was always a fan of him. I was always a fan of an actor named Seymour Hicks, who had a very gruff version of it. Al- Patrick Stewart was good. Yeah. Um, Jim Dale is great. He's a, a, a voice actor primarily. He did all the Harry Potter books. He also yeah. did all the Harry Potter books, and he has an audio recording. The actor I wish had played Scrooge that I always wanted to see is the first person I think of is Alan Rickman. Mm. Oh, my I gosh. Would wouldn't have, he have been great? I would have loved to have seen Alan Rickman play Scrooge. And he could have finally been in a real Christmas movie. That's right. Because <laughs> let's start that war. I, yeah, let's yeah, not go no, there. No, let's not go there on that. Yeah, no, the Patrick Stewart, I've got an audio version of that that I just sit there and listen to when I'm on trips. Yeah. Because it's so good he does all the, like Jim Dale, he does all the voices on mm-hmm. that. What inspired you? Number one, is this the first time you've played Scrooge? This is the first. This is the first production I've ever played Scrooge in. We we okay, did no it pressure. previously. We did it last yeah. year, but yeah, this is it. So, do you ever have an urge, like saying to the third ghost, "Nah, I'm not going to change. <laughs> Forget it. No, nev- t- nev- no geese for anybody. Never, ever, not once." But that's mostly because I'm addicted to the story of it. Isn't it's, it a great uh, story? It's a it's a fantastic story. It really, I mean, to think it was a it was a novella. It was a very short story. Mm-hmm. Was done, but I mean, and you got to think about the time how how hopeless. You know, it was to be poor at that time. And, of course, you know, Dickens, a lot of his writings obviously deals with that. But, yes. um, I mean, gosh, what a brilliant, brilliant piece of writing for that time. Yeah. And the reason why he wrote it. Yes. he. Re- I mean, Dick, it's an interesting story. Dickens, uh, you can look this up, but in, in the mid-1800s, Dickens was in a situation where he just was inspired actually very shortly before Christmas around 1842, 1843 to write this. And he wrote it at a fever pitch. It just poured out of him, uh, mostly from just inspiration of uh, the, the social injustices of the time. And not, and no, they're not getting and a day off, exactly. and Christmas hadn't yeah. been and celebrated ab- as much. Absurd, absurd hours. It's interesting to see what Christmas was before the story of a, a Christmas Carol was published and what it was after. He published it independently because no one wanted it. It was a runaway hit. Yeah. It's never been out of print. Uh, it's it's a classic. It's a true classic. And nobody wanted it. That's amazing. No. Not so much. No, he yeah. had to really fight. It was fun. It was a social issue story. It's yeah. a social issue it, play. But the thing I love about it is that, I mean, while it is a it, it is a message story, it, it's yeah. a message story that he poured so many different genres into. It is a true Christmas story. It is a true ghost story. 
uh, you know, the, the, it is a time travel story. It, yeah. It's it it is a it's a real ride. It is a roller coaster ride from start to finish. It's one of the reasons I liked this adaptation of it so much is because when the lights come up, it, there is a pace to this and an energy to it that runs all the way through to the end. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, talk about what's what's different about this adaptation than maybe what people would normally be expecting. Well, when uh, Francine came to me last year and proposed doing A Christmas Carol, the two of us read, I would say, 11 different versions that, oh, wow. are, out, that are out there for stage. And this is one of the newer ones, but it focuses on the ghosts. Yeah. And the subtitle is A Ghost Story of Christmas, Yeah, which is kind of an interesting mix, but it is what the book is about. And so the action of this particular script is literally propelled by a group of apparitions yeah. that are, as I have interpreted, in cahoots with Marley that are on a journey to go to this man Scrooge, and it's their assignment to change him. I mean, number one, I mean, Marley, A, because he was in chains, and I mean, he was in almost like eternal damnation to walk the earth, and obviously, he, but he cared about Scrooge, and that's that's Right. I He's, think that's a really that's important a, part of the story. And it's a great line in the play. He says, I come to you tonight to, what's the exact words? Give you hope, uh, a ho- chance and a hope. Yeah. Of escaping to his escape fate. His fate. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a real turning point, And that's one of the moments in the play. And, and this play, the every version or adaptation of Christmas Carol always works on that device of how... Um, the Christmas past, present, and future are revealed, and this has a very interesting device. I don't know if we want to give it away, no. But how no. they, yeah, how and it's, so that's special and different. The show also, and, and Pappy's incorporated a lot of this into the this production, but this show also has a lot of wonderful sounding carols. Our mm-hmm. cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're lucky to have these talented people who can act, sing, and dance. And the music, the singing, and the music in the show is really quite wonderful and that's always one of my favorite parts of a christmas carol are the carols so i was turner's that you do you get some singing parts i do get to sing a little bit actually yeah. oh wow not a lot but a little yeah yeah um you know it's so f- you you think about scrooge and scrooge has been a fascinating character as i've gotten older and understood like a little bit of psychology and you're thinking wow this kid's this he's got like ptsd from his childhood you know mm-hmm. what i mean you completely yeah. understand and once you see the backstory and that's why it's so important to have the three ghosts so that you completely understand that he's just not a jerk mm-hmm. you know this right. is a guy that literally grew up with nobody to truly love him when he was a child he just kind of got pushed aside and then poof and that explains everything. So, I mean, for him to make that transition at the end is such a great payoff. Yeah, it's gargantuan, actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Michelle mentioned this a little bit earlier in um, in my head. She said uh, to ask about Bill Murray's version. And I was trying to think about Bill Murray's version of Scrooge. I think Bill Murray now would be a better now that yeah. he's Zen Bill Murray would probably be better than the 80s version of Bill Murray. It might be true. That's a pretty fabulous uh, version of a Christmas card. Oh, it was Scrooge. fantastic. It's pretty great. Yeah, it really was. And of course, Groundhog Day. You just can't go wrong with Bill yeah. Murray, but we're going to go down a rabbit hole a little bit. Um, Turner, you've, you've spent like 15 years creating different characters. Talk about some of the different characters that you've played over the years. I've gotten to largely work for uh, these two folks in the room, actually, uh, quite a lot. Uh, we I worked for Pepe. Uh, one of the first things I ever worked for Pepe on was a production of The 39 Steps, which is uh, a really it's a, a, a comedic thriller. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, the, the basis for which was uh, a, a John Buchan spy story from way back in the day. Alfred Hitchcock had made it into a very successful film. And then uh, just to just to, some decades later, uh, a really great English writer d- took that and turned it into a four character uh, play in which two characters, the one actor plays the hero, one actor plays the various three heroines and femmes fatale in the story, and then two other actors play literally everybody else. Uh, so that was a really great experience, uh, and I, I worked for these folks on that. And uh, yeah, I've definitely had a few other opportunities in uh, a few different media. So yeah, it's been fun. It is fun to come back and get to work with friends, though. Very much. Definitely. Okay. Well, I tell you what, we're going to continue this discussion. We've been talking a little bit about the New Stages production of A Christmas Carol. If you have any questions or comments for our guests, well, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. All right, welcome back. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Peppy was giving us a little bit of a, some carol. We had some caroling going on in the yeah. studio here. Uh, fantastic. You know, it's everybody's like, oh, it's too early for Christmas carols. It's not now, man. It is like it's prime time for Christmas carols, and it's prime time for a Christmas carol, which is out a new stage. <laughs> I'm just, I'm excited about. It. I can't wait to see it. You guys have totally sold me. I'm ready to go. Of course, it's one of my favorite anyway. Um, we have got in the house, we've got Peppy Biddy, who's directing. We've got Francis Thomas Reynolds, who's forever been the glue that's kept New Stage going. Uh, it's so, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I'm a big fan. As um, of your husband, Chuck. i got to throw Chuck's out there, too, because yeah. I love Chuck. Chuck's <laughs> good people. Him. He's good people. And, of course, Turner Crumbly's here. Who is Scrooge? Um, yes. Yes. Now, let's uh, say, do the Scrooge for, voice for me. You would like to hear the Scrooge voice, would you? Is that what, what you would do? Some, should we do advertising for MPB? I don't even know what this MPB is. It's just, it's, I, I have no idea. The B must stand for Bah Humbug. That's probably <laughs> what's going on here. If they have any good sense about themselves, radio, I don't think it'll catch on at all. You wouldn't like it because they give us Christmas off. <laughs> oh, well, that's not acceptable at all, especially for my employee. And they give us a goose yeah. every single year. Mm, yeah, a goose, <laughs> yes. Take a gander at that one, yes. Well, obviously, um, you know, I mean, you were probably were not born with that, that accent. Probably uh, not, no. Because they don't really have that accent, Laurel, <laughs> last time I checked. No. No. So how do you prepare for that? How do you prepare to, uh, do you just like listen, do you, do you go to England and say, hey, look, it's a tax write-off, i got to go hang out in London for a while? I didn't do that after having been cast, but I, I, I am I actually am a big fan of English culture and and yeah. and, uh, and and good English brekkies and such. So so I I have had a good opportunity to travel a bit and and I I guess I've just kind of got an ear for it. Yeah. Uh, there there are ways to there are academic ways to learn it and I've I've learned those too. Uh, but yeah, I just. Uh, it it uh, you, you you're rocking you, it though. You latch on to a lot of you, you you just latch on you latch on to some voices that really stick with you and and you you then get into the detail of it and it's sometimes it, it just sticks. Yeah. Turner's a really good singer and I have found that people who can really sing well can do dialects well. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I can't do dialects. I can tell you that right now. Maybe <laughs> um, you've got a, just. Throw out of some of the other actors that are playing some of the lead roles, because I know you've got a lot of talent. In this production? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we have uh, one of the things that we were talking about earlier is the education program at New Stage. Yeah. And each year there's a set of four apprentices mm-hmm. who are new and spend the whole nine months with theater. So all of them are in this show. And there's Christopher Sfera is playing Bob Cratchit, who is, of course, the employee of... Ebenezer Scrooge. Much put and upon. Then there's, uh, I've got to look, Jamie Horn is playing Belle, who is young Scrooge's fiance. Yes. And this is part of that, that past we were discussing earlier. And then there's Devin, and what's Devin's last name? Hunter. Hunter. He's playing multiple roles, so you get to see him in four or five different roles, as well as with Ellie, and you're going to say her last Busso. name. Busso. Uh, Busso. Basso, Basso mm-hmm. who also plays multiple roles. So that's a very exciting thing with the New Stage Company is that you have these four apprentices who are there all year and they get to be in this particular production. And as we were talking earlier, there's 14 youth people in the ensemble who I guess means 18 and under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're great. And again, a shout out to their parents who really do a lot of work to bring them every day to rehearsal and pick them up late at night. And also sometimes feed us, which yeah. is a nice bonus. Y'all are, about to, y'all are about to get cranked up, aren't you? Right. Tomorrow morning Tomorrow. at this Tomorrow time, morning. we'll be and at intermission. Don't forget yeah. all of our veterans who are in the show. Oh, That's true. yes. Well, we have Joe a, a Frost, list. Chris Roebuck, Mandy Kate Myers. Malika Quarterman. Right, who's yeah. Mrs. Cratchit. 
looking at our list because, of course, when you ask me, the names go out of my head. I know. Head. I know. Now, Car- Carrie Horn, our think. own Carrie Horn, is not in this production, but she was in Murder Award. Yeah, Express. she was in the one yeah. last month. So, yeah. and God, she always got to throw Carrie's name out there because she's, she's a rock star. Cameron Petrie, Drew Stark, and inevitably yeah. we're going to forget someone. But those are names that people have um, come to know at New Stage Theater. Jen Harris is returning to the stage. Jen was last in A Christmas Story at yeah. New Stage. She had gone away, and she's back. So we're excited about our adult cast also. You you said that we're about to get cranked up. Um, how can folks find out more information for ticket information and, and to order? Oh, there's several ways. You can go to our website, which is newstagetheater.com. You can call our box office, which is 601-948-3533. And you can also go to our Facebook page. But today we have a really special deal, and it's our Cyber Monday deal from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. So it's already started, and you can purchase tickets for 50% off some of the dates of A Christmas Carol. Oh, that's great. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, that's a great opportunity. We have lots of things going on at the theater during A Christmas Carol. We have a special deal with Toys for Tot. There's also a discount involved with that. We have a youth night discount. Um, we have things like gift certificates and all those types of things that can also be purchased as gifts, gift certificates to our classes and shows and mini flexi passes for our season, our remainder of the season. You're doing performance dates run from December 5th through the 22nd, curtain times at 730, except for Sundays. And you've got Sundays that are at 2 o'clock. And like I said, the ticket prices, you can go to newstagetheater.com. Right. So let me ask one last question in the last 30 seconds that we've got. Why does this story still resonate so well? Because it is a Christmas story and that it is about forgiveness and redemption of the main character. And, I think and hope. Why. People and, can yeah. change. Everybody says people can't change once they reach a certain age, but they can. You can find goodness and different outlooks of life. Why are you looking at me when you're saying that? <laughs> I can't change. But I think you're right. I think you're right. Thank you all so much. And Thank congratulations you. and good luck. Congratulations you. to you at the yeah. Bush Library. Oh, yeah. That's that, exciting. That'll be a lot of fun. So I, I can't wait. I, as long as they don't find out the cartoons I drew about them in the 80s, I think we'll be okay. All right. Well, this is Now You're Talking. It's a production of MPB Think Radio. It's produced by the incredibly talented, wonderful, and soon-to-be-graduated Michelle McAdoo. Congratulations, Michelle. We'll be pulling for you on Friday as well. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit coming up with the amazing Dr. Josie Bidwell. And join us next week for more Now You're Talking here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week.